Welcome to the Habitat Podcast, the podcast for wildlife habitat management, hunting strategy, and land stewardship. And now, your host, Jared Van Heeves. Welcome to the Habitat Podcast. I'm your host, Jared Van Hees, and we are here to become better habitat managers. Guys, thanks so much for coming back tonight. We have a great episode for you here. We actually have uh, none other than yours truly, myself, and Brian Hallbly, um, yapping about spring habitat projects, kind of a catch-up, you know, BS catch-up session between the two of us. Um, we talk about Brian's recent turkey hunt to Illinois. We talk about my turkey season so far. We talk about uh, some habitat projects, both on my 15 the Ohio lease, and then Brian's 134 over in PA. So it's just it's a good conversation. We learn a lot about our buddy Sam's farm in Illinois where uh, Brian's doing a little bit of land plan action out there, but also turkey hunting, helping Sam, hanging out, seeing that place, and, and just really a cool cool story on, on how, uh, you know, just good times with good friends. But before we get into that, guys, I want to thank you all so much for coming back. We really appreciate your reviews, your good shout-outs on Facebook, your shares of our posts, um, the Instagram follows, the YouTube subscribes. We really love that, guys. We need more of those, and um, that's our way to keep growing. So thank you very much for people who have done that so far. I mean, the people leaving us reviews on, on iTunes and, and Google even. Um, I know I have to send a decal. We had a new Google review from a guy named Mike here recently. I'm going to find him, send him a decal for free if you guys leave us good reviews also on iTunes on the podcast app here's one from uh, Joe Bush 90 one of the best podcasts out there lots of different perspective perspectives and personalities that help relate to any of your needs great work fellas thanks Joe Bush 90 I will uh, be sure to try to get a hold of you and get you that decal we have another one here from TRG 95 Excellent info if you've got acres to manage for deer hunting. These guys know their stuff, and each episode is filled with tips to help you succeed in providing good habitat for wildlife. Thank you, TRG95. If you guys can send me your information, I will try to find you as well. We'll get you some free 5-inch Habitat podcast decals for those awesome reviews. That are super nice to you. And then, guys, I want to thank our land plan clients. Uh, we've been really immersed in that this year, especially right now. Uh, we're in the thick of it, and we just really appreciate you guys putting your confidence in us. You know, we just wrapped up a bunch. Um, last week, you know, got a great review from, from Mike Joy, a testimonial from our client up in New Hampshire. We're going to put that up on the website under the habitatpodcast.com slash landplans. You guys can check that out in a link below as well if you're interested in having some guidance on your property. Uh, for habitat or hunting needs. And then, uh, you know, Mike, thank you very much. We're going to put that great testimonial on there. That was super nice of you. So we do appreciate that. And, guys, if you know, we have hoodies, hats, coffee cups, whatever you want, up at habitatpodcast.com. Be sure to check that out. You've heard us say that a 100 times. So you know where it's at. I'll put the website with all the other podcast episodes. But I want to get to it. We have a great episode here with Brian and I, and we're going to talk also, um, you know, a little bit of our plans coming up. So, you know, Habitat season is in full force. I want to thank the rest of our partners here. We have Morse Nursery, Realtree United Country, Land Pro, Lake States Realty, and Auction, the Habitat Hook, Michigan Whitetail Pursuit, Packer Max to Packers, Hunt Wise, and Killer Food Plots. All right, let's get into it. 
Brian and myself are talking spring 2021. So we're naming this episode the Wonder Twins. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. Activate. Forget what they used to say, but they would hit their rings together. And except for us, we hit our latte cans together. And cheers. Yes. Cheers. So, guys, Brian and I are uh, virtually having a beer together. Um, it's been a crazy week, buddy. Got a few land plans wrapped up. Work's been nuts. You just got back from Illinois. It's, I don't know. It's a good time to be alive. Every week is. It's always interesting with us. <laughs> That's for sure, man. We haven't caught up in a while, though. I mean, even off off air, we haven't caught up in a while, really. We got no. to. We got to hang out together at Mike's property down in Ohio a couple weeks back. Yeah, but we turned that into all business and yeah, didn't get to catch up a whole lot there either. No, no. Working through his his map drawing currently. Got about about halfway so far, I'd say. Yeah. Um, beautiful. A couple property. big chunks. Yeah. Oh yeah, beautiful property down there. Holy cow! That part of Ohio, it just really nice you know yeah um and then i've i've been all over that state and it seems like there's all kind of pockets like mike's place that i've never been through that town and it just it always surprises you no matter where you're at in that state yep and this country really for that matter i mean we're pretty blessed to live in a beautiful place like this that we do amen it's always good to remember that for sure and um and then yeah, I mean it's it's turkey season too. You know, for a lot so. of people except for Pennsylvanians. Yeah, you yeah, you start what Saturday. Finally. Yeah. Finally. Saturday. Well, I've only been out once, so um I mean, it's been really kind of cold and nasty here. Not that that ever keeps me from turkey hunting, just been busy. Um but I I'll wrap my my update up real quick. I went out once with the girls opening morning. It's a permission farm, 40 acres. Um, been there by myself every opening morning last three years in a row. And we got up early, got out there early, and sure as shit, man, two cars parked in the driveway, were kind of off to the side where I park. I'm like, no way. And um, I, I I didn't recognize them. I peeked in the in the one's window and there's a bow case there i'm like shoot so luckily i got permission across the street last year so i grabbed the girls and said grab a decoy we gotta run and we kind of hightailed it over across the road and had a couple hens come by the whole 40 acre field over there is pretty much just a right now just a turned over dirt field probably about 35 acres of it and uh Girls were real cold. We lasted probably an hour and a half and uh, called in a morning. So that's that's my turkey season so far, buddy. Did you have a plan for that other property, or are you just kind of winging it since it didn't work out on the first place? Yeah, so the backup property, I didn't really have a plan. They're always out in that in that big field, 
when I drive by, but it's more of the middle of the day type spot, I think. Um, the two hens that came by were roosted on that farm, but all the gobblers roosted across the street where I was supposed to go. And uh heard a few gobbles, but it was so cold that they weren't really talking. Um, so I'm kind of waiting for the, the warm weather and even hunt a little later in the season when they're not all henned up as much. I'm going to try that out. I've never done that. I'm usually the first two weeks I'm hitting it really hard and usually either wrap it up or give up or whatever. And um been blessed the last few seasons to to get it get it tagged out. But so I'm kind of after this weekend. Uh, I'm gonna get back after it and here in May just with you in PA and uh, hopefully we'll get one down about the same time. Very nice. Yeah. And yeah. Hopefully that works out. Yeah. I mean, bought some new decoys. Got the blind set up for the kids. I'm, I'm hoping so. You know, you know how these dang things work. They're either in or they're out. That's, that's what I've always, <laughs> that's I've always exactly figured. Exactly right. They're either going to play ball or they're not. That's what I kept telling Sam. He was getting a little <laughs> bit stressed out because, you know, and he had nothing to be stressed about. Him and his dad super gracious to have me out there for kind of like a land plan slash turkey hunt slash nice. catch up slash not an official land plan, but. You know, like a hey, what do you think about this kind of a deal? But yeah, so oh, I made the. Uh, no, it's great if you can offer your your advice. Why the heck not? Yeah, um, for sure. So you were you went to Illinois? Yeah, made the nine hour drive last Friday, and uh, their season's been open for a while. So, like we said, we can't hunt in PA till Saturday. So I figured I'd take a road trip. Uh, Ohio opened this week. Um, might make it to the lease tomorrow. We'll we'll see how that works out. But getting back to Illinois, made the nine-hour drive. Uh, it's always nice to head into the heartland, especially from out east here. It's it's not too bad where I'm at, but it's nice to get away from the hustle and bustle and get out into the, the farmland of especially Illinois. But beautiful drive through Ohio and Indiana and just uh, – Nice to get out there and see another part of the country. Western Illinois is just incredible. I know you've been down through there before, uh, down there with our buddy. I think Jordan's a little further south central. But, uh, yeah, just just incredible farm. And uh, uh, got to see both of Sam's farms, actually. Uh, I don't know if the listeners remember him talking about it the last time we had him and Al on. They're kind of in between farms. They're selling their old place and they picked up a new place. So got to see both of those and just uh, impressed as heck with what they did with the old farm and looking forward to seeing what he's going to do with the new one. No, I mean, that's that's amazing. And, and for those guys who haven't heard from Sam before, he's been on the show episode 118 recently, um, 26. For game plan, also 79. So Sam's a good buddy of ours. Um, and Brian, it was that's awesome. You had to go out there. I mean, I love Illinois. Illinois has never done a bad thing to me in terms of hunting. I've had the best luck there ever. And, um, yeah, I was, I was wish I could have gone with you guys. I got the hard kibosh from, uh, <laughs> from the wifey on, on that one. 
And uh, hunting season never ends. I'm like, it never ends, babe. Never ends. But I got the hard kibosh on that. And uh, you guys went out. Dude, his farm looks amazing. All the pictures and videos you were sending me. Good night. Yeah, and, and they, don't night. Do, they don't do it justice. And, uh, yeah, Al was supposed to go with us, too. Um, he's got very pressing things at home. Um, we're just, you know, we'll have to do that again for sure. It, it would have been – it was a great time, but it would have been a lot more fun with both of you guys out there, for sure. So what what happened? How many days did you hunt, and how how the birds work, or you hear them gobbling, or what was going on? So Friday night, I get there and uh, talking to Sam and his dad, and they're telling me about this spot on the old farm, and he says it's always dynamite, and he says I don't want to put any pressure on you, but last year, three mornings, we got three birds. and Dang. may have been more than that. I can't remember. But I know it was at least they got birds every day for three days. And uh, I said, well, I'll fix that. I said, you, you <laughs> heard about my Kansas trip and some of my other out-of-state adventures. You just always seem to bring the black clouds with me. But anyway, so we go out uh, bright and early Saturday morning and uh, not even – halfway down the, the uh, access road and turkeys are going crazy. And, and not just turkeys, but flocks and flocks and flocks of turkeys. I mean, I never heard that many toms in one spot. And I thought, well, we're off to a good start here. So we went to one of his favorite spots, kind of uh, trying to remember how the farm's laid out, what direction that is. Uh, I'll probably mess it up. But anyway, we were probably – 150 yards from where they were roosting, 200 yards maybe. And there's a cornfield that was cut from last fall that was in between the roosting trees and some of the pine trees that we were in. And Sam said they like to come out of that roost, land in that field, and they sort of worked their way around that cornfield. So it didn't take long. Uh, Sam was running the camera. I was set up. And I'm looking straight out into the field, and I hear him whisper, and I look to my left. There's a hen and a tom walking to our left probably 85, 90 yards, kind of skirting around us. But we could see and hear other birds still out in front of us and to the right, so I gave them a couple of calls. The hen was obviously hot, so they weren't interested, and the second tom came up behind that other tom. And they worked their way into the timber. And uh, we had probably, I think, at least three other mature toms out in front of us, uh, one to the right. And the, the way we're looking. Did you see looking, all of them or no? Did like, what? Could you see them all? Or were they kind of just out in different directions? Not all at the same time. But, yeah, eventually eventually wow. we saw every one of them. Wow. But But looking out from where we were sitting, the field kind of like rolls over just a little bit so you can't see where they're walking up from where they flew down into the field. And every once in a while you'd see a head or you'd see a top of a tail fan. And we'd call a little bit. They'd call back. A uh, couple of hens were walking back and forth, and one started to walk our direction. And I said, this is going to be perfect. She's going to bring one of those toms right up to us. So she stops probably about – I think that shrub that he he uh, 
range was like 55 or 60 yards, something like that. She stopped about there, and I'm like, come on, come on up. And she didn't like something. She kind of started looking around, wasn't looking like staring at us or freaking out or anything, but just we couldn't figure out what it was because we didn't think it was the decoys. So uh, just thinking back on it, and I'll fill this part of the story in later once once we figure everything out, but I, I have two tripods that I keep in my truck. One's like a matte black, sort of like a Sony professional one. You can put that thing out in the sunshine. It doesn't have any reflectivity to it. It doesn't draw any attention to itself or anything. And I have a second one that's kind of mostly black, but there are some shiny metal pieces on it, so some trim and things. So, well, of course, I get the Illinois, and I can't find the black one. <laughs> I don't know where okay. it went. I usually don't ever take it out of the truck unless I'm filming something in here, which just must have been what I was doing. But anyway, so we couldn't figure out what was up with this hen. So these birds kind of moved left and right. I think two of the mature birds got within like 75 yards. And I've rolled some birds out to 50 yards, but that's about the maximum I'm going to take. I, I shoot a three-and-a-half-inch shell, so I'm, I'm confident out to 50, but I don't want to take anything further than that. So they went back and forth, and they sort of all worked their way into the timber out of range. So we spent the rest of Saturday morning just going into some different coves and calling and, and trying to strike up a bird. And it was strange because we'd get them to gobble, and then we're like, okay, maybe we should set up on this one and try to get them in. Call again, gobble. Then we'd sit down, get the decoys up, get everything ready, wait a little bit, call, nothing. Wait a little while, call again, nothing. And we're like, okay, that one's not interested. So we'd move, find another one, same thing. They'd gobble once or twice, and then that would be it. So we got later in the morning, and you can only hunt until noon in Illinois. So that was it for day one. Now, what decoy setups are you guys using? How many decoys? Who makes them? Um where are you setting them out there? Which way are they facing? All that good, all that good stuff. Yeah, so I have a old uh, Primos Killer Bee Strutting Jake. It came with this like goofy uh, fake tail fan. I don't know some kind of fabric. But my daughter shot a Jake years ago, and I I put a real Jake tail on it. And nice. normally those gobblers come running right in as soon as they see that thing strutting. Um, I also normally put a standing hen somewhere within the vicinity of that, that strutting Jake, maybe six, ten feet away. Uh, I didn't have that. Sam had a couple, but his dad had them. He was set up on another part of the farm. And I had one of those um, lay-down hens that's kind of in the breeding position. Yep. And I think that was one of the problems, the way that hill rolled over. I think those toms could see that Jake, but there were a couple other Jakes around, and they couldn't see that hen laying down by my decoy, so they were probably like, well, I'm not going up there to mess with that Jake. He's up there by himself. Interesting. That's my thinking anyway. So. I mean, yeah, I, I have no idea. So that I'm, I'm still learning on the whole decoy setup. That's the exact setup that I bought this year is that, you know, kind of half-strut Jake and, 
the lay down or the, the breeder hen. It's not quite the lay down one. It stands a little bit taller. But I mean, what I've what I've figured is early season. Um, I can't get those toms really peel off, you know, with all all the hens. So yeah, I I don't. I don't blame you there. So what what happened? How many days did you hunt? Three? Yeah, so um, that was it for Saturday. Um, Sunday, we went back to the same field. So Sunday morning, we're – well, let me back that up. Saturday afternoon, we go back, take a nap, had some biscuits and gravy. Had a boy. Uh, yeah, Sam, Sam and his dad enjoyed that. That's usually a pretty popular dish, so I like to take that one with me. Took a nap, and then uh, Sam's dad was like, you guys can do some fishing. I said, I'm always down for fishing. I got my rods in the truck. So we went to the pond behind the farmhouse. I don't know. Almost every cast, you're pulling out crappy, uh, largemouth bass, even some bluegill, sunfish, whatever you call them. Awesome. Yeah. It was a blast. I think I sent you a few of those pictures, and I think I posted one on the on the Facebook and Instagram page too. But uh, yeah, I mean, just just paradise, man. Just the way they got that place laid out, and uh, the coolest thing is just the generational thought process. You know, Sam's dad started taking Sam hunting and fishing when he was young, and now Sam has some young kids. And they've got this beautiful farmhouse and plenty of space for all his his family to get there and, and, and take advantage of, of that beautiful place and fishing for the kids and just it's just a really cool setup. I mean, heck heck of a guy, him and his father, just salt of the earth people and just the kind of people you're just super happy for to see that they have that kind of setup and you know, they've been blessed with such a great situation there. Hey man, buddy. Hey Amen. I know, uh, you know, I, I, you sent me some pictures and some videos, and Sam has sent us some stuff in the past, and, you know, that sort of setup's great to get the family involved in, get the kids involved in right off the bat. You know, you're not crawling through the briars all the time. You're just hanging out, and, and then you can go get, get in the woods if you want to, you know? So yep. That's awesome. And then if they get tired of catching fish or sitting in the cold blind, they can go in the farmhouse and put the fireplace on. Sounds great to me. Heck yeah. You're talking about me or the kids because, I mean, that sounds perfect. <laughs> I mean, turkey hunting yeah, we, in the morning, crappie fishing in the afternoon, a couple of lattes, and do it again. Oh, Dude. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't want to leave, so. <laughs> I, I think, I think in fact, on I think Sunday night, my wife was like, are you ever coming home? I was like, ah, <laughs> thinking about it. The land plan is not uh, finished yet, so I can't come home <laughs> quite yet, honey. I'll be here next weekend and the weekend after, too. That's it. Yeah, so we had a uh, good dinner, went out to dinner together, and uh, tried to get to bed early, but I don't think we did that very well, kind of like you and me in Ohio. Yeah, when you don't see somebody for – I haven't seen you for, what, a year and a half or a year or whatever it was. Yeah. And then, you know, yeah, I get it. Yep, for sure. Not enough time in the day. No. And so uh, Sunday morning we got up, went back to the same spot. We kind of talked about some other options and uh, 
neither one of us could see any reason to go anywhere else. That, that's where the turkey seemed to want to be. And, you know, we figured we'd just do something a little different to change our luck. So we uh, took the standing hen decoy this time with the Jake. Um, and as we're walking in, I'm looking at that cut cornfield, and it looks a lot lower. And it's kind of dark as we're going in. The sun's just coming up. And I start to see these grooves cut through the dirt. I said, Sam, did they plant this yesterday? He's like, no. He said, they, didn't. they wouldn't have planted it already. So we take a few more steps, and it's getting a little bit lighter. And Sam looks over at me and says, son of a gun, a farmer was in here. And when we were coming back from dinner the night before, there was plow boys in all those fields with the lights on. I mean, they were going all night long. So, and uh, not nothing unusual, of course, for this time of year. Right. So, Sam was kind of discouraged because he says, ah, I hope they weren't in here late and messing up the birds. And I said, well, we're here. Just get set up and see what happens. So, it did seem like that they changed their roost. I don't know if maybe they got bumped off or... Maybe they came in to try to roost there, and the tractor kept them from getting to where they wanted to be. Yeah. So they were they were roosted a little further away that next morning. So is that anywhere in on the farm still, or how how far away you think? Could you could you hear them at least? I'm sure, right? Yeah. Can you so hear the suckers a long ways? Yeah, they were still on the farm, but okay. they were they were probably to our right from where they were roosted before, maybe another 100 yards. So, Gotcha. A little, little bit further away. And when they pitched down, they were further. It sounded like they were further in the timber. So it sounded like they pitched down into the timber. And they never did come out into that field at all. Mm. It's just kind of, you know, we sat there for a while hoping that they would. Didn't see anything going on. And then kind of the same thing, the way those – cornfields go through that farm they're not squares they kind of go in and out of the tree lines there's some coves we'd walk down and, and yeah and we'd call down into some of the the hollows and uh struck up a few but like it was the same thing it was like they would respond but then they would lose interest i figured they were probably just shock goblin they were probably with some hens and uh pretty much finished up the uh sunday just like uh, Saturday finished up. So now you guys just set up in the same spot you did Saturday morning, like just figuring they were still roosting the same spot versus kind of waiting for them to gobble and then going in further after them. Or it's kind of hard because you never know what you're going to spook when you start entering that timber, right? So yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and we figured, you know. We were in the ball game. We had right. mature birds within 80 yards, 75 yards. So we figure eventually they're going to come out and be out in that field again. Yeah. But it just, it just didn't work out. I guess they got spooked enough by either the tractor or whatever. Like, there's so many things. You, you think yeah. it's one thing, but there could have been a pack of coyotes to come through. Who knows? You just never know. Yep. So Sunday evening, Saturday after Sunday afternoon, uh, same thing. We took a little nap, went back out, but we uh, set a fishing. We did some habitat work. Uh, Sam wanted to get his tractor, uh, brush hog hooked up to his tractor, 
they got one of those LS tractors, which are pretty nice. I've never seen Ryan them just bought that. Yeah, they're yeah. real nice. I was really impressed with that machine. So we we uh, got the brush hog hooked up there and uh, did a little bit of mowing, did a little bit of talking and uh, moving some fence gaps around. He wanted to close a few and open a few other ones and kind of picking my brain about what I thought. And we were kind of on the same page about everything. He seems to have it pretty dialed, but he just, you know, just for a little more confidence, wanted to get a second set of eyes on it. So, yeah, it's going to be, man, the trails that come through there. You would think that he had cattle on that farm. I mean, you've seen cattle trails before when they, like, beat horseshoes into the ground, like the trails, a horseshoe shape from all the dirt being out of it. It's just just insane. And then uh, towards the evening, just deer everywhere. I mean, everywhere you look on that place, there's just – I don't know how many deer we saw that night, pushing, pushing 50 or 60, maybe more for sure. Yeah, I mean, Sam and his dad and, and whoever else has really hunted with Sam in the past on his old farm have done well, too, right? I mean, Sam's always, you know, getting a good buck, and and uh, to think that they've upgraded <laughs> is pretty awesome, you know? I mean, it's just different, different, different from here, buddy. You know, I mean, same where you're at. Um, oh, yeah, it's a different world. It's a different world. But it's, it's kind of uh, cool, like you said, with uh, – you mentioned getting another opinion, you know, just kind of verifying what maybe you thought in your head. A lot of our land plan clients have said the same thing. Like, like, yeah, you know, that was a good idea. And and I thought, I thought that already, but you know, you verified it for me. And, and this one, oh yeah, maybe you put a little spin on it this way and pointed out a couple other things that I didn't think about. So having a little bit more confidence when you're going to go in and start making some improvements. I mean, it's priceless. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's exactly the word I was going to say. It was confidence. It's, it's everything. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, um, had a good time doing the habitat stuff. Of course, love to do that. Um, the one interesting thing, it's kind of funny when you get out into Western Illinois like that, um, instead of like, the flat areas being kind of like the valleys that I'm used to, like in Pennsylvania and Ohio, if you want to plant crops in a flat area, it's usually in a valley. And then if you want to get into the timber, you have to go up in elevation. Well, it was neat about Western Illinois. It's like the opposite. All the fields are sort of on the higher points. And I say higher because it's it's not really hilly there, but on the top of the ridges on the tops of, yeah. And then everything that drains lower goes into the timber and it's like reversed of the habitat that I'm used to working with. So that, that's kind of neat to experience that side of it too. Yeah, it's probably fairly situational, right? Um, on, on your terrain. I mean, if you got more flat on the bottoms, the farmers years ago, were going to cut the trees out of there, rip them out, plant the bottoms, right? Um, or if it's flatter on top. Yeah, I know what you're saying. I've seen uh, a little bit of both, but I think the I think I like the the stuff on top, like the like the crops on top, and let the deer kind of have the bottoms. Absolutely, so hunting those darn bottoms with their swirling right. winds and thermals and everything else. Um, plus, 
getting into a bottom field with a bunch of ridges around you where they're all betting on top, watching down, unless you're cutting that timber a couple times, once on the way up or maybe twice on the way up, stepping it up, hard to, hard to get in there. So I, I like that a little bit better. Yep, for sure. You guys are spraying some fields and whatnot too, right? Yeah, he's got a place he's going to plant uh, orchard. He got that sprayed. Uh, of course, the the sprayer that we put together always seems like those things are missing a, one part. So we got everything put together, and it was missing that uh, pressure gauge that screws in the top. Oh, jeez. And I said, ah, it's no big deal. I said, I don't, I, I don't even think I've ever looked at my pressure gauge on my sprayer. It's just I've never had to. I said, we can just put a bolt in there just to seal it off. But he didn't have any bolts that size, so we ended up running to a place called Farm King, kind of like a Rural King or Tractor Supply. And they actually had the pressure gauges and uh, looked like the same thread. I said, oh, hopefully these are all standard and end up being, ended up fitting. So nice. Everything worked out. And he got that field sprayed. And yeah, it worked out well. Very nice. So Monday morning we got up and we decided to hunt the new farm because there were some birds roosted up in the uh, timber on the – man, I got my directions all screwed up <laughs> being on both places. Let me think here. That would have been the southeast corner he's got that timber. I think he sent us a picture of it, That all, all that open timber that he had the, the forester in there looking at. I remember that. Of course, that's where the, the birds were roosted and uh, got up there. And he didn't have a lot of confidence in there because he had never obviously hunted, turkey hunted this place. And uh, we, we get on, give out a couple calls before we drop down into the creek bottom. Nothing. Quiet. He says, I don't think there's anything here. I said, well, it is still a couple minutes early. He says, maybe, maybe we'll strike something up here. So we drop down, cross the creek. Gave another call, nothing. So I said, well, we're here. Might as well hike up on top of the ridge here and see what's what. So we got to the top of the ridge, and I, I gave out a call, and they hammered back. I don't think they were maybe 120 yards or something. So Wow, nice. But uh, his woods towards that end had a little bit of cover coming up. And uh, he says, how, how close you want to get? And I says, well, I think we can get a little bit closer. So we took a few more steps, and we're looking around. It's just just starting to get light enough to see it. I'm trying to pick out a nice little opening in that thicket there. And uh, we get set up, and he's like, where should I put the decoys? I said, oh, I'll just put them out here. So we put them out about 20 yards further, closer to the where we heard them gobbling. We get all set up. and. I let out a couple of calls, and they just hammered. I, I think, I mean, if if there was a line that was drawn there that said, do not get any closer than this, we were right on it. <laughs> I couldn't believe how, how much closer we got to them, and I didn't realize it. But we were still good. We didn't, we didn't bother them at all. So I'd say we were probably, you know, 80 yards from where they were roosted maybe at that point. Decoys were probably 60 yards. Yeah, that's so, close. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was close. Uh, we saw him fly down, and same, almost the same type of roll from where we were set up. It kind of rolled down to where they flew down, and we couldn't see them. 
But uh, there's quite a few birds. There are not as many as the other farm, but I'd say there's probably two or three good sounding gobbles close. So it happened pretty fast. It wasn't long before I saw a couple of heads coming up and uh, they were responding to the calls real well. And out steps this turkey, giant red head. I'm like, here we go. I'm going to blast this thing. And then I look, he has no beard. I'm like, damn, it's a Jake. So he starts getting real squirrely, like just like that hen did on the first morning. And I'm like, what the heck is he doing? He's not looking at anything. So then Sam was sitting to my right, running the camera. He, I can't remember, he said something about a second one, or he said he said he saw one, but he couldn't see the one I could see because there was a tree between us. And uh, all of a sudden, that Jake started that alarm putt. Ah. And Sam goes, what was that? I go, it ain't good. Game over. <laughs> yep. And... You know, those those mature birds were just sitting back a little bit further, letting those jakes go in first like they do. And that that was it, man. Ah, shoot. Yep. So I'm sitting there racking my brain, and I look over at the at that tripod, and I go, I, it, we're sitting there talking like, he was like, you didn't move. I was watching you. I, and he goes, I didn't move. He says, I said, yeah, that thing never even looked our direction. Like, what? What the heck was he looking at? And we're going back and forth trying to figure this out. So I said, just stay put. I'm going to crawl down there where he was at. So I go down, and I get down on all fours, and I come around that bush where that shake was standing, and that tripod was glowing like a freaking spotlight. Really? Yep. Uh-huh. So I'm thinking that's what that hen saw too. And it's all my fault. I had a camo vest in the back of my uh, turkey hunting vest that I just kept in case it was too cold. Could have easily wrapped that around that thing. And, and we even talked about it. Like, man, that thing's shiny. Like, the the things, it, it's amazing to me as long as I've been hunting, whether it's deer, turkey, whatever, you know the things that you're not supposed to do, and you still do some of them sometimes. <laughs> like, what are you doing, man? So. Oh, man. I got a nice tour of that. New farm, though. We we got to see a lot of nooks and crannies going around calling for some birds. And uh, there is no misunderstanding. Like you talked about earlier, the upgrade. Like you're thinking to yourself, boy, why are they going from that farm to this farm? There's no misunderstanding why once you see this place. It's like this is a no-brainer. Gotcha. It's just a no-brainer. Beautiful. awesome. I'm glad you guys had some fun, man. I mean, yeah, nothing better than chasing around birds for three days with your buddy and cutting up and having fun. I mean, shoot, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, we did a lot of that for sure. Uh, just, you know, getting into the lattes, and I think our, our goal was to get through a 30 rack, and, you know, that doesn't take much, so... <laughs> Yeah, yeah so it's a good trip. Good man, good to hear. That's awesome. I think um, one thing I, I mean, I've had those turkeys come in before and see my old set of decoys, which were also primos. Maybe they're flambo. Well, I got rid of them, and 
and bought some new ones because those birds would come in lock up and they saw the decoys and what it was. So, nothing shiny on them. Just the one I shot last year came around the corner full strut. I saw the decoy and his head shot straight up. And that's when I shot him. But it was, uh, if they don't like something, <laughs> you know, not working. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like I said, my experience has been they either want to play ball or they don't. Yeah. And it seems like when they want to play ball, you can have a cardboard box out there. Yeah. And right. they'll come in and, and, and do it. But I don't know, man. It's, uh, it's one of those things that gets a little bit extra frustrating because I enjoy turkey hunting. It's something to do in the spring, and I enjoy it when I'm doing it. But it's not like I think about it all the time like deer hunting. Right. You know, so it's like it's kind of like, ah, I'm enjoying this, but I'm getting frustrated here. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to get up at like 4 in the morning. Oh, and, my you know, gosh. It's like yeah. they play ball or they don't. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, I get it. I get it fully. I like shooting them in the face, but, um, yeah, they're not bucks. They're not big bucks. Yeah, but, and even Sam commented on that three days in a row, getting up at 4 o'clock two days and then 5 o'clock the third day. And yeah, getting too old for that stuff. <laughs> Catch up fast. I, I, on the way out, did you stop at the lease on your way out or on the way home for those soil samples? Yeah, on the way out on Friday okay. morning. I was uh, took Interstate 70. So, I mean, you, you kind of told – you mentioned the story already about how you're off the 311. Yeah. Yeah, you got the the new 134. We talked about that a few episodes back. Yeah, yep. We're down, uh, down in uh, Muskingum County now. 311 was in Carroll, so making the move a little further south and west. Um. It's actually more huntable ground on the 134 because the 311 had a lot of uh, open cow pasture since it was still a working cattle farm. So I think this place actually hunts a little bit bigger than 311, actually. Nothing wrong with that. No. So I got the soil samples taken care of for that. Uh, planning on putting in, let me see here. I think I did five, five or six soil tests. Nice. So we'll give the uh, old no-till a good try. It worked out pretty good with the alfalfa on the 311. So going to do some of that, get some alfalfa in there. Uh, got a couple bags of soybeans just taking up space. So I'll let that stuff on the one power line get a little bit taller before I spray it. That way we'll have some more thatch to roll over top of those beans once we spread them. Heck yeah. And uh, do some clover and some of the other ones, a couple of kill plots. Uh, the nice thing about that farm is there's really good, easy access points that kind of intertwine with the right-of-ways for the gas lines. So I think if we strategically place some of those kill plots, we'll be able to slip right in there off of that gravel road into a stand without even disturbing anything. It should be some dynamite setups. That sounds that sounds amazing. And are the – when you say right-of-way, is that the road itself? No, they're just uh, grass. 
they're basically just the grass opening now, like a like a power line opening, but it's a gas line. Okay, I yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Gotcha. Yep. Yep. And the lease is off a of backcountry gravel road, so there's not much traffic at all. Uh, pretty secluded, but like I said, it's kind of a nice network between the gravel roads and the uh, right-of-ways to be able to sneak around there without getting into the bedding and into the thickets. And do the gas companies come check on the gravel roads at all through there or, like, on the property themselves, or is it just the right-of-ways that goes through Yeah, the I mean, they'll they'll periodically check their uh, equipment and stuff that they have through there. Gotcha. I think, I think there's a couple of access roads off of those where they get back in there and check. I don't know if they're pumps or storage containers or what for the uh, for the gas lines, but I think a lot of that's all electronic now. I know they have to have some visual inspections, but I think a lot of it's not as intrusive as it used to be. Well, that's great, man. That's awesome. And you I'm never got to hunt that lease last year. You had it, but you, you subleased it out or, or – at least it's just some other guys from Michigan, actually. Yeah. And yeah, um, actually, uh, you're on the 311. Yeah, I got three guys on that lease. Um, you could have up to five or six names or whatever it was last year. So I just had it, three guys on it just to see how it would hunt and uh, see what kind of experience they had. And actually, I wasn't planning on getting off the 311 at the time. I kind of just jumped on this opportunity because I had a chance to get one in my name just for future security, you know, to always have a place to hunt and figured those guys can enjoy it and I'll keep hunting the 311. But you guys have heard the story, kind of the the personalities with the the, uh, land manager down there, the ranch hand, kind of made it tough on us. And, you know, I don't blame those guys that do stay on there. I mean, there's some giant bucks there. And just just depends on your tolerance level, you know. I, I'm just kind of in the boat of where if I'm paying for entertainment, I want to be entertained. I don't want to be frustrated and annoyed. So mm-hmm. that was an easy call for me, especially once I got my own place. For sure. And this is a, a few different parcels kind of all next to each other. Um, is it two or three different parcels on the 134? It's two. Yeah, two, okay. the one's like 110-ish, and then there's a like a 20-acre piece that's – there's just a little section of the neighbors in between the two. It's it's not very far from the, the main chunk. Yeah, I think with the uh, amount of timber around there, a couple of nice food plots will do some justice too. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, like we talked about before – those guys had some good encounters with some mature bucks, got quite a few on camera. and They didn't shoot any. Um, talking to the neighbor, he said towards late season he had like seven shooters on his side, you know, not far from where our uh, storage container is, just over the hill there. And uh sounds like it's going to be a real good year if, if a couple of them survived. Well, I'm sure. I'm sure they did. You know, what's the elevation like there? How high are those hills? I mean, I I can see in your videos that you post kind of sort of what they are, but if you had to put a number on it, what are you thinking from the lowest point to the highest point? 
I think it's less than a couple hundred feet of elevation change. You get to the southern part, there's some pretty deep hollows back there that drop pretty deep, but uh, nothing like you were dealing with down in southern Ohio. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, obviously it scarred it scarred us a little bit. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well, then, you guys are going to have a, a new opportunity this year. Yeah, you were gracious enough. Uh, we we kind of had a, an opportunity to make a a um, proving grounds out of your lease. So for the podcast, so um, what we did is we we joined you guys. Corey and I jumped on with you guys uh, as well, and um, we're gonna we're gonna have a dang good time with you and Chris and David, Dave, David. I don't call him David, Dave, and. Uh, I haven't met the other gentleman yet, but um, no, that's great. I know Corey still got the lease down south there. It's not going anywhere, but uh, as we've nor him or I, we've hunted Ohio, both of us, multiple years. Um, I've hunted it probably six years, and he's got more than me, I believe. Corey does. We've never gone east of Columbus ever. It's just how it how it worked out. So we're kind of jacked up to see what it's all about over there, and you know the the golden triangle or whatever you want to call it. Uh, I mean, all of Ohio is good. Don't get me yeah. wrong. Like, yep, all of sure. Ohio is good. Or, or great, even. But um, it's, it's cool. From where it's, we're it's, from, yeah. Yeah, from Michigan and PA <laughs> point of view, yeah. No, I mean, you cross the border here in Michigan and go a little bit, one buck state, you're, there's a difference. Um, but, no, yeah, we're, we're fired up to join you guys and have a deer camp in the old sardine can of a, Chinese metal storage <laughs> container, and <laughs> hopefully lightning doesn't strike that night. <laughs> and it's going uh, to be comfortable, man. Yeah, oh, I'm sure, dude. I stayed in your cabin in, in Ashtabula County up there, and that was a that was a riot. Yeah. yeah you, me, and Dave up there, and yeah, yeah. So I've been working on some projects to make it more comfortable. What What have you been doing? Um, what What have you been working on? So right now it's just a metal box, right? Forty That's foot, forty foot container. Foot. Yeah, coming over from China, it could be full of plastic bottles. If you, if you, if you know the packaging world, it could be full of <laughs> car parts. Could be full of whatever. Um, I mean, are they are they clean inside? Are they rusty? Like, what are they like? Yeah, it's actually fairly clean. Because uh, this one's retired, right? Yeah. Yeah, this this one was used, so it made a few trips across the ocean, but uh, it's in pretty good shape overall. It's got uh, just the two doors on the one end, like a tractor-trailer box. Uh, the plan is to cut a man door on the one end and put some type of smaller window in there just to get some, some ventilation. Maybe block off 15 or 20 feet or whatever we need once we... Take a look, lay some cots out, make sure we got enough room for everybody. And then uh, instead of putting a, so a solar panel on the roof and dealing with that whole thing again like I did with my cabin, I decided to make like a portable power station. Uh, the listeners are familiar with like Goal Zero or Jackery. They, they sort of make a uh, just like a, an electric generator is basically what it is. And uh, 
instead of running a gas generator and listening to that thing, it's basically just a battery in a box with some plugs for cell phones and uh, there's an inverter in it. And instead of spending $1,000 on it, I built my own for 200 bucks. Then we'll be able to uh, use solar power or we can recharge it from a electrical outlet, you know, with a regular battery charger or what have you. I can't hear you if you're still there. I'm here now. You got to love it when your computer program kicks you out. <laughs> Piece of crap. Anyways, um, you were the last thing I heard, and I'll go back and try to cut most of this out, was the uh, battery box instead of the generator, which the, the power box, which I saw, which is awesome. And get solar power to that, you said. Yeah. Um, what other improvements? Uh, I got a diesel heater, which they make for vehicles and vans, and uh, they have them in, like, tractor-trailer sleeper cabs and stuff. The, the nice thing about diesel heat is it's dry. Sometimes if you run a propane heater in a cabin or a tent, you get that real wet condensation from the wet propane heat. So the diesel runs a lot drier, and uh, it's very efficient. It only uses, I think, like five watts of power to power it up. So if we can plug it into that power pack and then uh, hook it up to a, a storage container, cabin, slash, whatever we're going to call it, and uh, put some dry heat in there and keep the keep the motor and the diesel fuel outside. Yeah, I've seen that before, actually. I don't know where I – oh, guys use that ice fishing for um... – up in the UP for uh, ice houses. Yep. They'll, they'll use a diesel heater, and they'll keep it outside, but pump the heat inside, and then you're, sure. you're good to go. Yep. I saw that on watching something this winter on it. So that was like a hundred. man. Yeah. So that was like $120, and then uh, I picked up another rain barrel. We'll put a little porch roof okay. off, of the, off of the camp and collect some rainwater, and we can run a... 12-volt pump off of there to fill up the sprayer, and, you know, if guys want to take a shower or whatever, we can come up with some kind of little bathhouse or whatever. But, you know, for under under 500 bucks, we'll have all the utilities that we need. Nothing wrong with that, buddy. No. I mean. No. It won't be fancy, but it'll be comfortable. Yeah. So you're telling me there's no farmhouse and, and crappie pond is what you're saying? No crappie pond, no fireplace, no five <laughs> bedrooms. <laughs> no, but it'll, it'll be cool, man. It'll be fun. No, I'm excited to get down there. Um, I know Corey was talking about coming down mid-May, so that'd be awesome. Get down there and check the place out. And... uh yeah, excited for this fall, man. Very excited. Yeah, definitely pumped. So what you got going on at your 15? Well, um, I had the family out there. We planted 250 streamco willow, a few wow. conifer trees, some speckled alder. Um Attacked all the wasps that are taking over my deer blind for the third year in a row. 
or fourth year in a row. Those SOBs, I can't win. But I checked yesterday, and they they seem to be they seem to be kind of dead. They're just dead soldiers lying all over the bottom of that place. Um, and then pretty much we're working on the switchgrass, monitoring the switchgrass, planting, making sure it hasn't sprouted yet. If I'm gonna hit it with Roundup, which I did last year about this time. But we've had some warm spells, so I think I'm going to hold off and just mow um, later in the summer. And then uh, my clover, though, my clover looks like it's starting to get taken over a little bit by some grasses. I mean, it's high from from last fall, but I'm going to probably go and treat that with some cleft. I haven't done that in probably two years, so... Trees and clover, uh, fruit trees are all budding out, looking amazing. Um, really happy with how those look after I pruned them last year, and and the new ones I put in the ground looking great. Um, how old are those clover plots? Well, the one that I'm talking about, I threw down in like September after the loggers were in there last okay. year and, and smashed the hell out of that ground. Um, right. I went in there and just. Threw it down, so, so not very old, but uh, it I had like no prep to them either. Um, sure. In terms of killing any broadleaves or anything beforehand, they just don't look very good yet. I'm probably being impatient and should wait a little bit and see what happens. Um, but my other one across the ditch, if you will, on the other side is pretty old. Uh, four years old, five years old, and that that looks about the same. So I think I just have some cold season grass issues um, sure. that I'm going to try to take care of and, and see what happens and, and then go from there. Um, Any the, of the, uh, the far uh, side of my property where a lot of my stands are not due to hard to access, there was a lot of time laid down over there last year. Um, I do have access from my neighbor's property i only used it twice last year but there's a lot of scrapes a lot of rubs from last year um so i'm going to probably come up with a few ideas on how to how to get over there and then secondly he added cattle uh, if you watched our instagram video you saw like, some cows over there so at first i got kind of bummed about it and then i i realized that his land, do what he wants, but I'm thinking it may push the deer out of that bedding area that was a big automotive thicket. Now he's got cows grazing through there. Hopefully that'll push him more towards me um, on a routine basis. So just uh, right now, just kind of observing some things. Um, I'm still underwater in the back eight acres, still real wet. Got some chainsaw work to do there this summer. Um, Hopefully going to have Frank Brock from Morse Nursery come up. He talked about coming up. Um, nice. Wants to, you know, wants to show us how the tree survival kits work and do some footage on that. Yeah, whenever I get that hammered out, I'll let you know what date that is in case you want to come up too. Sure. Um, but he's he's busier than we are, so it's even. Everybody is. You know, everybody's crazy. crazy. Yeah, so. Speaking Other of than trees. That, are your oh, fruit trees okay. flowering at all, or are they just got buds on them for now? Good question. I think they're starting to flower. Um, okay. Because they look really, really good. I didn't notice the difference on that, though. Yeah. 
I saw I saw a few people pretty upset about some of the warm temps we had, and a lot of their fruit trees were flowering, and then we got hit with that snow again. Yeah, I got hit with it, so I wouldn't be surprised if they don't flower. Yeah. Um, we definitely got hit with it, so. Hopefully you know, they I, weren't opened up by then. Yeah, I, I'm not sure if they were, but at the same time, if they can put more energy into growth than fruit for one more year, I won't be too mad, but um, sure. I'd like them to start dropping at least the ones I planted three, four, five years ago. I see it's 17. So four years ago, but um, they're just not quite gigantic yet, so. Yeah. You know, patience is key there. So that but, spot in the back where you find all that sign, is that by design, or do you think they're just using that more because there was less pressure? Uh, I would say the latter. I would say less pressure for sure because they know I always use the other side. It's funny um, how that works. Yeah, it's a yeah. It's not surprising at all how smart they are to stay alive. Um, and like I said, I can get to the the good side, and I made a play on them last year, November fourteenth. But um, it was just it, it's a good spot over there, and I can shoot it with my with my gun. But I don't I don't gun hunt there. I really just bow hunt there, and for the most part, and I just. Uh, more and more sign every year from day one. I'm telling you right now, this stuff works, and it's it's just awesome. You know, I got bucks bedding nearby now, finding buck beds, uh, scrapes everywhere, the browse. I'm going to have to hammer some does because the browse is getting hit hard. Um, my neighbors are hunting my fence lines, so they're obviously seeing something going on, you know, on the, on the north end and the south end. So... It's amazing, man. You build it, and they show up as long as you stay the heck out of there when you're supposed to. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Glad it's getting better every year. You have any other projects planned for summer or fall? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep up. Uh, hopefully, getting one of Lincoln's crimpers here sometime soon, so I can crimp over and do some no-till stuff. Uh, love to try that thing out. Um, so I'll be planting some buckwheat and then crimping that, you know, at its maturity, maturity rate. Switchgrass, obviously maintaining that. I'm going to plant some killer food plastic border patrol along the switchgrass for year one. So I don't lose my screening waiting for the switchgrass to grow. And actually, uh, I got a, a text from a listener down in Southern Oregon with a bunch of miscanthus. He has a bunch of leftover miscanthus. He was digging it up. Um, so we might work something out where I go get a trailer load of it and, and play around with some more of that, um, like around my blinds and kind of where I park and, and that sort of thing. So lots of stuff in the works, uh, and, but, you know, at the same time doing a lot of land plans and helping other landowners get their stuff ready for this fall too. So sometimes your own stuff takes a back seat when you're, when you're busy and, but I still... I'm still on track. Definitely still on track. Yeah, it's it's still early, and man, has it been a lot of fun meeting all these people and seeing different properties and helping them get the plan together and 
I, I've been enjoying the heck out of it. I know you have too. So it's definitely not not a uh, unenjoyable hindrance, I should say. Exactly. No, it's a great time getting to see different areas of the world and or the country and and uh, yeah, man. And you get out and shoot a turkey in the face, and then uh, get your habitat work and shoot food plot season will be here before we know it. I'm not doing too much in the spring plots, just getting some cover crops in, um, some screens in, managing the switchgrass pretty much. Uh, you got any plots going in on the on the Pennsylvania 134 or anything like that? You got to wrap up here soon, or are you gonna wait till fall? Yeah, we're gonna get some stuff started there. I got the soil. Uh, samples from there too. It's kind of funny with COVID. I I, I can normally just uh, drop them off somewhere, but you know, since I've been using Nick, that that's made things a lot handier, just to be able to mail them directly in with his soil kit. So I'm gonna get on that, get that stuff tested, and figure out where we're at, what we got to do to amend everything, and uh, probably start spraying that in the next couple of weeks and. Same thing as the uh, Ohio lease. I'm just going to keep it simple. Do some alfalfa, some clover, and uh, probably no, not going to try any uh, summer beans or anything like that over there. But definitely rotate it into some kind of fall grain and brassicas at the end of summer too, for sure. Yeah, I know. I actually forgot to mention, I took a few uh, soil tests when I was out there last as well. Um Got them drying out right now. Get them shipped in to, to Nick and, and how much groganics I need and soil defender and get that stuff down too. Um, I got a couple of his kits I ordered and get those in. So that's something we could all be doing, right? Good time for that. Absolutely. Yeah, especially up here in the northern places where you and I are doing food plots, you know. A lot of the farmers haven't even started planting yet, so we still got some time. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, that was a uh, good catching up, brother. We got to do that more often. Um, hour goes by fast. Shoot. Yeah, no and, doubt. Uh, yeah, you're gonna be hopefully shooting a turkey in the face. Are you going to the lease tomorrow? You said you're turkey hunt. I'm definitely going to the lease. I'm just trying to decide if I'm gonna get up early enough to go chase some birds or maybe I'll just try to strike one up late morning when I get there. We'll we'll see how I feel. Well, shoot, man. Keep me posted. Good luck. Yeah, I will for sure. Just uh, want to take a second to thank everybody again for listening. I mean, we've, we've been getting a lot of amazing feedback from people and it never gets old. So keep the, keep the feedback coming. If you guys have any questions, reach out, uh, Facebook, Instagram, uh, YouTube. You can even leave comments there. and Let me know what you think about our YouTube channel. It's uh, slowed down a little bit with as busy as we've been, but we're going to start ramping up some more content here. And Let me know what you think. Even if you think it sucks, let me know what you'd like to see, what you don't <laughs> like. Uh, you know, this is all based on uh, viewership and, and listenership and downloads and it's unfortunate that that side of it, but to, to keep the wheels turning here, we we have to keep it all moving in the same direction. So we really appreciate the subscriptions, the downloads, the feedback, the 
uh, iTunes uh, feedback and, and any place where you get your podcast that you can leave a feedback. It's just you guys have been great, and we appreciate it and just ask that you, you keep supporting us so we can keep bringing this to you. Thank you so much, listeners, for coming and listening once again to the Habitat Podcast. We really appreciate it. If you could, please do us a favor. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you listen to this podcast. If you type out something nice, I will send you a free Habitat Podcast decal. If you haven't been to our website, HabitatPodcast.com, we have our Habitat Property Consultation Services on there under the Land Plan tab. Check out our HP Land Plans there. We also have hats, T-shirts, and decals up at HabitatPodcast.com. Of course, all of our podcast episodes. And then we have a new Habitat Podcast journal where you can learn about deer anatomy and some cool thoughts, um, you know, more of a blog post from us every now and then. We'd really love it if you went over to our Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, found the Habitat Podcast, and please subscribe. That really helps us. And thank you very much to our sponsors. We have Michigan Whitetail Pursuit, Packer Max Cultipackers, Huntwise, Killer Food Plots, The Habitat Hook, Realtree United Country Land Pro, Lake States Realty and Auction, and Morse Nursery. Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in once again. Get back with us soon. We're going to have another great episode for you as we become better habitat managers.